Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bursting the Bubble podcast. My name is Pramit, joined by Andy, Ishisan, Rohit. And uh, today we're coming at you with a bit of a curveball, you know, oh, for all you baseball fans out there. You know, we're, we're, we're changing it up a little bit. Uh, we're, we're, we're not, not talk- talking about baseball. Oh, no, we're not God. talking about baseball. <laughs> we're not changing it up that hard. Uh, but we are talking about the NFC South in this episode. I think one of the most entertaining divisions in football, and it's only Second gotten the most more interesting division. I think it's only gotten better this off season. Uh, and the style of this episode is going to be a little different. Instead of going through the roster and talking about the all the off season moves that these teams have made, we're going to talk about some key points, some key questions that we have about each each team, and uh, we're going to get into some discussions about these questions for each team. Uh, so we'll start same way from the bottom up. Uh, we'll start with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, last season was basically just the Carolina Christian McCaffrey's. Uh, yes. I don't really see anyone else doing anything last year for them. Um, but this year, I I don't know. Is anything going to be different this year, or are they going um, to continue? So they did get a new head coach with Matt Rule from uh, LSU. LSU. No, no, no. It wasn't. Oh, really? It was um, Oregon or no? Yeah, uh, De- Baylor. Baylor was from Baylor. Um, Baylor. Their past game coordinator, Joe Brady, was from LSU. Okay, and they did replace. So last year, their quarterback, Kyle Allen, was kind of terrible. Bad. So mostly <laughs> it was due to this that they had to rely on Christian McCaffrey so much and why he was such a good fantasy option because they would just dump it off to him or hand it off to him most of the time. If he makes um, it through next season without being injured, I will be shocked. 93% yeah. Yeah. snap count is an unbelievable number and not sustainable. They did give him $16, $16 million a year. Uh, highest paid uh, running back in the history of the game. Well mm. deserved, but man, uh, yeah. not a winning formula at all. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't see any situation where that is sustainable. I definitely brought this up before, but like with that build, it's just ridiculous how this guy carries the ball as much as he does. Like yeah. I just didn't expect that when he was coming out of the draft that he would end up being someone with a ninety-three percent, you know, snap rate. That 2017 draft, man. Christian McCaffrey, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. We go into it almost every podcast because <laughs> yeah. they have such notable players. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, a, like, that's... Yeah, I feel like I should be higher on Christian McCaffrey. Or I should have been higher on Christian McCaffrey before uh, all of this happened, like before he got drafted, because I actually saw him, saw him play him. live. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I saw him playing the Pac-12 championship game uh, against... It was Stanford against USC. Uh, it was in Levi Stadium, and I think... Uh, CMC had a, it was insane. He, I think he set like a some sort of record for all-purpose yards in that game. I think he had like 500 all-purpose yards with uh, receiving, rushing, and uh, 500. Yeah, receiving, rushing, and return. My yards. God, I mean, but like honestly, like it don't you nuts. don't you guys feel like we always see players like this just dominate in college, and then it never ever translates to the NFL. Yeah, like, that, so that that's it. That's yeah, exactly yes. it. That's that's a good point. Yeah, was, that's why I'm. That's why I was. Uh, you probably were also down on CMC because like, yeah. okay, we've seen this before. Shout out Shaq, but um, <laughs> we've seen it before, and we're like, I'm not, I'm not impressed until you can bring it to the NFL. And he didn't have the greatest first season. Um, I mean, when he had the shot, he he had a good season. He had a good. He yeah. made. Uh, he took advantage of his opportunities. Yeah, but it wasn't like a Saquon rookie year, you know. But like yeah. now, he's really come on strong. I think most of the time when we see or anybody get drafted this high, most of the time they deliver on it with, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon. Leonard, Leonard Fournette, Fournette did, in his first year, yeah. He did do really yeah. well. So I think, okay, so this goes back to the part where we say running backs aren't necessarily, it's, it has a lot to do with their offensive line and how much carries they're getting. So more often than not, when a running back's drafted that high, they always get, you know, the big time carries and this definitely helps their um, appeal in terms of yardage. Yeah. So just a st- correction on CMC's Pac-12 game. He had 461 all-purpose yards. Oh, what yards. a scrub. Yeah, what a scrub. What a scrub. Uh, oh, so, yeah, God. I mean, that put him at the record for all-purpose yards in a season. Uh, he passed Barry Sanders. So, I mean, this another, guy was a another astounding, another astounding running back who did everything and retired yeah. early because his team was asked. And his, yeah, and his team made him do everything, right? Uh, you just yeah. got to hope that doesn't happen with, with CMC because that's – I hope he just doesn't get burnt to like run to the ground and just burn. He, he is currently in the process of being run into yeah. the ground. I mean, yeah. but hopefully he can take it. He was on my fantasy team last year in one of my leagues. It was great, great fun to watch. I would just open up my phone. I would never ever watch a Panthers game because I don't want to do that to myself. But I just open my phone and see, oh yeah, Christian McCaffrey, twenty eight plus 30, 40? Huh. Yeah. yeah. 
another yeah. day. Another day. Yeah. Another day at the work, <laughs> taking his lunch pail in. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't think the Panthers are going to do anything this season. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, definitely not the answer. I think this is another case of a Nick Foles type situation where a backup comes into. We'll get into this more, but the the best roster in the NFL and the in the Saints up and down. He goes five and zero, sure. But how much of that was him and how much of that was Michael Thomas just going insane and that team carrying him? So I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is the answer at all. Uh, yeah, they're not doing anything. Um, I mean, so the question we're asking is whether or not they can win games by just abusing the shit out of Christian McCaffrey. Well, they uh, cannot. We, I mean, <laughs> clearly yeah, we saw that this, not work last season. We've seen this happen. I guess Derrick Henry isn't a good – I don't know if that's a good example. But running backs have done that in the past with the likes of Adrian Peterson, uh, I guess Derrick Henry – but the um, reason I brought up Teddy Bridgewater is because it does depend on their quarterback. Kyle, uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater is better than Kyle Allen, but um, as far as what they're going to do this season, Teddy Bridgewater is not the, the missing piece. I mean, okay, look, Adrian Pearson was able to take the Vikings to the playoffs with Christian Ponder as a quarterback. Hey, put some respect on Christian Ponder. <laughs> Dude, I know. Like, and it's not like Christian McCaffrey is like, not one of the most... like I, Yeah, like he's one of the most talented... Gen- generational talent. Generational okay. talent. Yeah, he's a generous talent. So I don't not in this division. <laughs> not in this division. Uh, yeah, this division is full of talent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I see what you mean, though. He's just like, I think it is okay to bring up the Derrick Henry point where, like, Derrick Henry was he was okay or whatever until they had a quarterback and then he became a monster. Um, but having like a competent quarterback behind allowed Derrick Henry to win games for the Titans. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a competent quarterback, and I think if he can. Um, CMC is still going to be the focal point of the offense. It's not like Teddy Bridgewater is going to take control of this offense. It's still going to be CMC. So I think uh, the offense can succeed through CMC as long as Teddy Bridgewater can manage games pretty well. And, I mean, they have an okay receiving core. Like, DJ Moore is a, had a really good season last year. Uh, Curtis Samuel yeah. is also okay. So I think, I think having Teddy Bridgewater make a step up and be a solid game manager will allow CMC to carry the Panthers to victory. Yeah, um, yeah I don't I mean, think... I, uh, Andy, go, Andy, go. Yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like definitely uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a step up from uh, from Kyle Allen. Like, uh, I feel like a lot of times last year, Kyle Allen would just completely miss open receivers, and I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to do that. So definitely, you, uh, it, it's a very good plus to have a competent quarterback who can make those accurate throws a la a, a Ryan Tannehill from last year. Um, definitely this, this is not going to be a winning move like for the future, but I, I think I do like this move, um, even as a temporary solution, because who else were you going to get this off season, right? There, I, I feel like there wasn't much talent at the quarterback. Why position. let Cam go? <laughs> you have talent. Like, I think we can all agree that Cam. He had his injuries right? problems. So I guess. He's I just right now. Would you rather have Cam or Teddy Bridgewater? If Cam's healthy, and I, I don't know, right now, um, do you, yeah, Cam or Teddy Bridgewater? I think the situation right that he was in, if he was in Carolina, I would not I would not want Cam. Because his past couple of years, he was just having injury-riddled seasons and just not playing up to par. So I think so he needed did. a change. He needed a change of scenery. So I don't think the decision was terrible. I disagree pretty strongly with that. I thought Cam Newton was, was going to be a good decision for them, but they let him go. Uh, whatever. So yeah, so I think the issue with the Derrick Henry thing is because we understand why it was working. It was because Derrick Henry was so strong up the middle that teams would you know put too many people in the box, and Tannehill had the ability. Tannehill had the ability to throw it down the field, so those things worked correctly with each other. But I think in this case, like Teddy Bridgewater isn't that much of a deep thrower, and Chris McCaffrey is like an all-around running back where you know he's also like mostly a re- his strength is also receiving. So. I don't think those two things work together in terms of helping the team win long term. So I don't know. No, long term. Do you term, think his, his, no, his strength is receiving, though? I feel like he's he's a very strong runner. He as is. Well. He definitely oh, is. Yeah. But, yeah, he's but he's, he's strong think, at everything. Yeah, he's, I don't good. Think, he's the best. Yeah. He's the best dual threat in the league. Thousand, thousand. Like, come on. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think teams are going to play him the way they play Derrick Henry. And that's not going to help their quarterback in turn. But the thing is, to play Derrick Henry, you can load the box. To, to play Christian McCaffrey, what can he do? You can load the box, he'll beat you with the air. If you load the air, he'll beat you through the ground, right? Yeah. So he, so Christian McCaffrey affords you to have a worse quarterback yes. than Derrick Henry. So yeah, I, I think you need you need a specific archetype, I guess, at quarterback to be able to do well. 
um, with, with Derrick Henry because the defense knows where you're going to give him. You have to stack the box, and then you need a quarterback who can pick apart that 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 stacked box um, and with with less coverage. But with uh, with Christian McCaffrey, you never know like if he's going to run run a yard down run a yard, sorry run a route downfield or like just take it out the middle, uh, take it to the outside. You know, it's uh, it, it's yeah. less pressure on your quarterback in that way. It's that sense. I, I think. Um, I'll, I'll just get my point in. I'm just super disappointed that like, if imagine if the quarterback that was playing for the Panthers could throw like accurately down the field, what this offense would be capable of. You know, with Christian McCaffrey in the so short. Put Christian McCaffrey on another team. No, I mean just like like even with like with Robert and Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, those guys can run down the field, and if they had both those deep and short options at their disposal it would just be so much harder to play them defensively yeah that, that's true uh but i think teddy's just okay enough that yeah you don't unlock the full potential of this offense uh but i think even a partial potential of this offense is enough for like seven wins i think i i disagree i think they're going to be pretty bad they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league next year what was their record last year they were five and eleven last year five, and that was with kyle five, allen dude i think they get worse I'm not a believer in Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, you you don't like Teddy. I like Teddy. I think Teddy is good for two extra wins. And and this is assuming that CMC is still holding up. And DJ Moore, dude, I feel like DJ Moore is going to take a huge step forward with Teddy. I th- I think like in these predictions, we're being way too, I, myself included, I think we're being way too optimistic. And I'm going to uh, swing the pendulum the other way by just calling 2-14 and 14 for this team. 2-14. and Because 14. this team is going to be bad. Wait, why do you think they're going to be worse than last year? I mean, they had Kyle Allen last year. Yeah. Uh, I, I told you, I don't believe in Teddy Bridgewater. You believe in Teddy Bridgewater? I also don't think Christian McCaffrey can keep this up. This is too much. Okay. okay. So he not. doesn't need to keep it up. That's, that's the thing. I, I think Teddy Bridgewater can take the load off of him, uh, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was the record last year? 5 and 11. 13? What, 5 and 11? Yeah. Oh, okay. Th- this is a tough division because they have to play. But I, I think they'll stay around the same. I'll, I'll say like, uh, I'll say they'll have the same record. Five and 11. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's fair. Uh, let's move on to the third team in the NFC South last year. Probably had the coolest offseason that a team has ever had in the NFL. This is a uh, one heck of an offseason. The Buccaneers brought in Tom Brady. They brought in Rob Gronkowski. And they uh really, McCoy. Don't forget about Sean McCoy. Oh, can't him. forget. Can't forget. This team would have torn people apart in 2014. I, uh, I wanted, I wanted to you want to put that joke in? No, I got there first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like the team did a good job of drafting for Brady. Like they picked up Tristan Wirfs, right? Um I they've done a good job of I mean, they're clearly in win now mode. They have and, to be your quarterback's yeah. forty three. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I think a lot of teams can be in win now mode, but I feel like the Bucks did a good job of surrounding Brady with the yeah. talent he needs. I agree. Uh, I think they okay. Uh, so yeah, one question here. So can they win the Super Bowl? I think as long as you have Tom Brady on your team, you can always win the Super Bowl. Yes, that um, is the correct answer. <laughs> but I, I, I'm obviously a Niners fan. I don't know if you guys could tell, but uh, there's a lot of this NFC is so stacked. Yeah, like even with the addition of Brady, it doesn't like push them over the top. It just brings them into the conversation, you know. And like the conversation, the room is so crowded that any one of these teams could get in. Um, yeah. and the Bucks are now in the room. Good for them, but I don't know if they'll even make it. It's so tough. So the way I see it is, like you said, if you have Brady, you have a shot. Like no matter what. Uh, and now the Bucks have gone from like a middling seven and nine team to a real contender and seven playoff teams. So I think the Bucks are a lock for the playoffs this year. And I, I think once the, once the playoffs yeah, come around, dude, you got Tom Brady leading your team in the playoffs. Like I find that hard to bet against. That's all. I, I think. So, so I think has there been precedence? Sorry, uh, has there been like precedence of a? I, I guess you would call this a super team of sorts, uh, maybe on the offense. It's not as um, it's not really a super. Well, offensively, yeah, I feel I no, see no, it. super like, team. Super team implies like multiple free agents like coming together, kind of. It's more like mm-hmm. like, like I, I I mean, you have the greatest quarterback, a very good tight end. Greatest. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Gronk is. A, a, I think he's a shell of his former self as of right now. Okay, he sure, was, but he was like broken. It, it, so my my point that I was trying to get at is like. 
have you ever seen like this combination like of two or i guess one superstar and one like very good player come together and then like they just mesh in their first year like like i kind of want to draw a parallel to like miami heat situation you know you had two two superstars come there and like they couldn't they couldn't put it together their first year like has there been precedence in the nfl like so i guess you could bring up the broncos where peyton did leave and join them to a, extreme, instantly, instantly yeah. became his extremely talented roster um, with you know Demarius uh, Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, that team instantly excelled, but they did not win the Super Bowl until three years in, I think. Yeah, uh, but you but cannot they made the Super Bowl, and they made the AFC Championship. Second, and they were... The first year they did not. First year they lost. Did they make? Yeah, the I, know, I, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying that they made oh, the playoffs wow. and they made the Super Bowl, and then they, yeah. lost, they won the Super Bowl. So I think playoffs is in reach. So. Um, I think this is a different situation. I don't think Tom Brady is in the same point in his career that Peyton was. I think Peyton was still um, at a high point in his career when he did join the, Buc- uh, the Broncos. And Tom Brady's kind of at the downslope of his career. Just say it, bro. Just say he's washed. Just say it, Ishan. I'm not saying washed king. Washed king. Say it, Ishan. I want Brady to start um, saying hashtag washed king after washed all his Instagram king. posts now. I'm really curious. I've never seen Tom Brady play without Bell, Bill Belichick, so I'm really curious as to what he's able to do with Bruce Arians. I mean, I'm of the Arians strong, is a good coach. Yeah, yeah. I'm of the strong. I'm of the one of those believers who thinks uh, Bill Belichick was a big reason that Tom Brady has so much success, uh, especially some of the Super Bowls that their defense kind of excelled in. Obviously, Tom was a big reason that they won all the Super Bowls. Here's my but, point on that. I think. Brady uh, benefited a lot from Bill Belichick, the team manager and the the general manager, not necessarily Bill Belichick, the coach, as much. I think that the team that Bill Belichick was consistently able to put around Brady was the biggest factor for Brady's success. But right now, Brady's not worried about building a team. He just is going to be here for two years, Max. And if this team can can put together a decent – any team can go all-in, trade first-round picks, and go all-in for two years, they already have an outstanding offensive core. Uh, So – it's not really about the team building, which I thought was an outstanding facet of Bill Belichick's skill set. They just need to worry about you know putting a good product on the field with the players that they do have. And I think Brady will succeed there. Right, but you have to have trust that Bruce Arians and the GM of the Buccaneers will be able to create the right scenario for Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl or excel. Um, you have to be confident that the defense will play up to par and play at the same way that the Patriots defense was playing while they were in the playoffs. But they don't. So, they don't have to. The, they don't the, have the, to. The, the Bucks defense. They have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all these players, right? The the Patriots never had that level of top tier pass catchers. Like Brady's never had these toys, you know. So we'll, we've never seen it before. I'm I'm sure he'll he'll be good enough to succeed. I mean, you he can. You, I think he's definitely gonna make the playoffs. I think he's definitely gonna make it to at least the divisional round. But I don't think if the defense isn't. I think the defense is good, but I don't. I don't think. I, yeah, the, the defense has to defenses in the league last year. The defense so has only... to be consistent enough to play good throughout the playoffs for them to win the Super Bowl. So I and haven't I think, seen that yet. So I'm not going to like comment on it. So I think the defense is good enough to just be there to keep them in the games. And Brady, like you said, has never had an offense like the offense that he's on right now. I think uh, the defense is good enough. It's obviously not the Patriots' defense from this past season, but Brady has won with okay defenses. And just putting the offense on his back and making it happen that way. And that was without receiving threats like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Ken uh, Bell Tompkins comes to mind. Yeah, Ken Bell Tompkins and Malcolm Mitchell and Brandon oh, LaFell. The boys, Aaron Dobson, dude. Don't take me down this road. <laughs> but I mean, Brady's done it with much worse and a defense that is that could be comparable to this Bucks defense, right? You have mm-hmm. really good players like Lamonte David, you have Shaq Barrett. Um you have names. Vita Vea, shout out SJSU. Oh, yes. Vita Vea. Vita Vea. Nadala King Su, I think, is still on this team. Yeah. Yeah. They have, they have, uh, yeah, they're, like you said, their run defense is really, really good. Uh, and their, their defense overall is good enough to keep Brady in games within striking distance with these mm-hmm. offensive threats. I think they can um, win the Super Bowl. So, what seed do you see them getting uh, this? Uh, I would not be surprised if they win the division. Yeah, it's going to be tough to oh, beat the Saints. Win the division? I, I yeah, know. I'm uh, okay, though. okay. here's my thing. Like, I, I feel like definitely towards the end of the year, like everything will mesh together. 
um, they'll make a big run in the playoffs. But I'm just worried about like the beginning of the year when he's still trying to figure out, trying to develop that chemistry with his with his very talented playmakers. I think they struggle initially, but uh, Brady being Brady, he figures he definitely will figure it out like by week eight, week nine, and by that time it will be um, he'll he'll be a steamroll. But um, I, I don't. That's the only reason why I don't think they will win the division. I think the Saints will be consistent enough to take the division. But the Buccaneers, I think, are the bigger threat in the playoffs. In the playoffs, right. So, yeah. So, like, the thing I want to point out about teams that make to the Super Bowl, they're always those teams that are consistently winning throughout the season and therefore end up with, you know, a second seed or a first seed, such as the Niners, right? They were able to build the right weapons around, you know, their offense and their defense. And they went 8-0, 9-0, somewhere. 8-0, yeah. 8-0. So they started out 8-0 and continued this on throughout the season. That's why they got the first seed. And once you get that first seed or second seed, it's really hard. It's it's just so much easier for you to get to the Super Bowl. And you know another you, team, you know another team that started out eight and zero and didn't get the, the first round by <laughs> Patriots. <laughs> yeah, the Patriots. Exactly. So, but yeah, strong starts isn't necessary. Not necessary. So it'll be great. It's but, not necessarily um, strong. But I'm saying just continually winning throughout the season. Like with the Buccaneers having so many new faces on their roster, it's just so, going to be hard so, to like. So Ishis, like. If they have enough momentum, if they go, if they finish off a season like five and one, six and one, seven and one, like, like what, where, what is that precedent that you were just talking about? Like, how is that going to affect them? So, um, there's nothing scarier in the NFL than a team that comes in on a winning streak, a hot yeah, team. Exactly. The Titans, the Titans, it's, it's terrifying, man. They, they've clicked, and you, and you don't have film on them, man. That's the yeah. thing. Like, you don't have. So yeah, so that they, so in order to win the Super Bowl, I think they need to get the second seed. They need to get that. What is the second seed doing for you this year? You don't get a first round. Oh, by no, no, I mean, I don't know how that works, but okay. Assume there was six. I would say more often than not, you would need to get that second seed in order to win. Like this year, I mean, last year the Pages did not get the second seed, and they ended up, you know, getting kicked out. Even though they lost to the Titans, I don't think they would have gotten far, even if they beat them. And that was because the offense. And the weapons it's around Brady. Right. So I think there's a little bit of confirmation bias here, each. Is the top two teams generally make it to the Super Bowl, not only because they get a bye, but they're the top two teams, right? Because they're there they're for good. a reason. So, yeah, the, it, the first round bye definitely helps. But, like, especially with a team like Tom Brady, when he's going all in, basically, for these next couple of years, probably this year, like, this is one of their best shots to win. I see them coming out pretty strong. Uh, there's no film on this new Tom Brady. What are you supposed to study? Right, his Instagram stories, dude. There's nothing to hella yeah. highlights on there. <laughs> this team's gonna take a lot of people by surprise, including defensive coordinators. Like you never ever, there's there's no there's nothing there's no precedent for how Tom Brady's gonna play. We don't know. Defensive coordinators don't know. Like there's there's not there's nothing to 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 gain from right. So they they're gonna they're gonna take people by surprise, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. I just I just think it's tough to do all that in one the first year, but yeah. It's, if if too. anyone's gonna do it, it's Brady, dude. Yeah, pretty, I, I very think good. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think they're going to struggle initially, but once they get going, oh man, look out. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Like you can't knock off Brady's experience and his competitiveness and the effort that he puts in. That I think he, he will make it work, even if there are issues in the beginning. So, yeah. Yep. What do you guys think about Gronk before we move on to the Falcons? Let's talk about Gronk real quick. Uh, really thought Shell a former self. The yeah, training camp hype is that he's looking like he did five years ago. So, but. yeah, like when he was last playing, he, yeah. he had a bionic arm, a bionic knee, and he was lumbering around. He was a very good blocker, but like he wasn't much in the passing game. I think even you can attest to that. Yeah. yeah. And he's older. You know, these are not injuries. He had a torn ACL and like a super messed up elbow. Mm-hmm. And those aren't injuries that are like going to get any better with a couple, two, three years uh, removed. So, uh man i don't see it happening he could be good maybe top 10 just because of the the familiarity he has with brady but as far as like changing the game like he used to i don't see it yeah i don't think he's gonna change the game i think he'll be a good red zone threat for uh for brady though huge red zone target apparently he doesn't have that bionic arm brace anymore so that'll be kind of right. interesting to see yeah, yeah I, mean, the thing is, has... I mean it's um, mike good. mike mike is yeah, there mike right evans in there yeah yeah the thing in his favor is that he has had a year off that's allowed him to like you know, reload and just keep his body fresh. So we'll see. But yeah, uh, that, that's kind of what I wanted to bring up. Like he's been, he's been battling in the trenches for what, like eight or nine years now consistently. I think that one year is going to do wonders for his body. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I Even I'm not sure if I, 
I don't think he's going to go back to form. I think he might be, like, he's going to be primarily a blocker. Like, that's how he was his last year on the Pats. He was uh, primarily a blocker, uh, who was great at blocking, obviously, because he's Gronk, but his receiving game was was down. I think he'll be uh, still primarily a blocker. I think he'll have an improved uh, receiving game, but I don't think it's going to be a game-breaker like Kittle. Um, yeah, I mean, that's fine. You have enough Yeah, you have enough game-breakers right on this offense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a really uh, good thing in terms of, like, pressure moments like four downs third downs in mm. like late games where Gronk will um, especially in situations yeah, yeah especially with you know Mike Evans and Godwin being there for other like important options I think Gronk will definitely help Brady um I want to bring it up I wanted to bring up the last season he did play he was definitely battered up he wasn't in the perfect condition but when it came down to it against the Chiefs you know four downs third downs whatever it was in that OT fourth quarter Tom Brady went to Gronk every time and every time he caught that ball so I think and the Super Bowl so he yeah. had that catch in the Super Bowl. So yeah, there's the, yeah the only the only his only saving grace in my opinion is that uh his, his comfort with Brady and that that cannot be replaced especially as Brady's going to a new team he's going to look to Bra- uh Gronk a lot but other than that as far as skill uh I don't I don't see him that much right? yeah he's not as I mean usually you don't see Gronk being that consistent throughout the season due to injuries and other concerns with his body but when it comes to like a four down and they need to get the first down uh you. And you just don't need Gronk to make one play. I think Gronk will make that play. All right. Interesting team. I think they're going to be super fun to watch, especially towards the playoff time. Uh, let's move on to the second team in the NFC South, uh, the Falcons. Um, their biggest move this offseason was getting Todd Gurley, I think. I don't know. Yeah, that would, that's it. I mean, it. I, want, I really want to talk about Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan is a... Very interesting case. He had a high high and then he completely fell off. Yeah. And he's like 32, 33. I always think of him as this young quarterback that just came in, you know. He's got a couple of years to figure it out, but he doesn't. Uh his time is, I think, running out, and he needs to perform at the level that he's shown that he has before. He's been in the league twelve years. Twelve years. Like come yes. like I did not I did not see that at all. Yeah. And like Julio is also getting up there. Julio's 31, 32, I think. And this core is has got a couple more years at full strength, and they really got to maximize because they're both very, very good. I think, but if they don't do anything with this core, that that'll that'll be a wasted potential. Yeah, uh, something interesting about Matt Ryan is it seems like every year he alternates between being really good and like mediocre. Uh, if we're just looking at his, uh, just looking through fantasy stats, if that's in any indication of how a quarterback's playing, uh, from twenty twelve he was the quarterback 7 then 15 then 7 then 19 then 2 then 15 then 2 and then 11 so hmm. if that pattern continues he'll be quarterback 2 next year in fantasy he'll have a good year this year mm-hmm. uh, sorry yeah this year so uh i don't know i it baffles me i had no idea he was in the league this long but yeah i i he's he's so good and the offense like the he's weapons around to, him. yeah you got calvin ridley who calvin was ridley. first round draft pick he's gonna yeah. be really good you got Julio. Now they have a first-round tight end in Hayden Hurst coming over mm-hmm. from Baltimore to replace Austin Hooper. He's probably going to get a lot of targets. Now you got Todd Gurley, who if they can manage his load right, I think he's still good. He still yeah. had sections last year. He had a whole lot of touchdowns last year. But um, maybe if they can manage his load right, he can actually be a pretty solid piece for them. Yeah, I think towards the end of the season, he did pick it up a bit when they needed him, but... I don't know if they can bring him back to what he even even close to what he used to be, like uh, his MVP year. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think, like with with the weapons around him, I think he could definitely still like. What has he lost? Right? Like, I don't I don't see what is different between like around him, surrounding him. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. That, that's a big. Yeah, that's literally that's it. Yep. Damn. Damn, you just opened my eyes you, here, man. If you don't know, Kyle Shanahan is the coach of the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> He's quite good. I love him. Yeah, I mean, who's their offensive coordinator right now? Nah, I want to say Dirk Cutter. I'm not sure. Honestly. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, he's a current offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the offense is good every year. Like, there's, I don't think it's ever been bad. It's just that when they were in the Super Bowl, their defense was playing at a very high level at that point. Mm-hmm. And since that point, their defense kind of fell off. 
Yeah, they so, lost yeah. Robert. Their, their defense was really bad last year. The the defense was Decimated. consistently injured. Yeah. All their star players, I feel like I feel like this also happened in 2018. Like week one, like uh someone went down, like Deshaun Kaiser or not Deshaun Kaiser. Um Jones. Yeah, sure. Deion Jones, yeah. He goes down and then like their safety goes down and then it, it was Drake Campbell. Mess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, real quick, I want to go back to the Matt Ryan point. Um, I, I like he's been like decent, um, even in like this. I guess his off years. His off years, yeah. Yeah, 2017 and 2019. Like certainly he wasn't. He didn't play nearly to the standard that he set in 2016. His MVP, MVP season. Um, but like he was still really good. Like he had, uh, 26 touchdowns. The interceptions were definitely up with like 14 interceptions, but. Um, like even watching the games last year, like he was still playing at a high level. It was just that defense just did nothing for him. Uh, like 2018 was also a great year, like very comparable to his MVP season. It's just that uh, he, his team didn't produce wins. So I, I think Matt Ryan still has a good couple, two or three years left in the tank. Um, I if if the trends continue, I, I think the Falcons will. Make make a little bit of noise in this division. I don't yeah. see them beating out the Bucks. I just this this division is too strong. It's a shame. If they're that, in the NFC true. East, if they're in the NFC East, they're winning that division. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not happening. They were seven and nine last year, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't see going from seven where they can like how much they can improve from that to beating both the Bucks and the Saints. Yeah, if you're division. betting on health for your team to get better, that's always a very very dangerous bet. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not. I think that's a. That's, it's pretty consistent. Like if you're going to have a injured team, then if you're betting on everyone to come back from injury, there's just as likely that they all get injured again. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, not, not consistent, not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Andy hit on it though. I think the problem isn't Matt Ryan. It's the, it's the defense because the offense is, has the tools. Uh, and yeah, even in his bad years, he's not bad. Like he's, he's at worst, like a middle, middle of the middle of the, middle of the pack quarterback. So I think if the defense can step up, then they can like nine and seven. But I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't think that the I, like the, they didn't improve anything on the defense. That's the thing. Yeah. So that's yeah, the betting on health, which is a poor yeah. bet. Yeah. 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 So I think Brian Flores is, oh no, sorry. No. Who's their coach right now? Um, the head Mike coach. Smith. Dan Quinn. Dan, Dan, Quinn. Uh, Dan wow. Quinn. He's been there for a while, and I there's been like calls to fire him, but they simply haven't yet. Yeah. Um, but I think he might have to go at at some point. Yeah, I see this like a Jason Garrett type move, you know. Except mm-hmm. they actually reached the Super Bowl. Uh, that was all because of Kyle. That was all because of Kyle. And they lost because of Kyle. But you know, give him credit and the blame. The blame. Yeah, and this team has been middle of the pack for too long i think uh except for that one year uh, they're like a playoff team that doesn't make enough noise given their talent i feel uh, like they lose to the eagles way too much you know <laughs> it's a bird, no, they bird the eagles last year i think yeah, yeah, yeah but like the last couple of years they keep oh yeah yeah. Uh, yeah um yeah but i think by the time they actually do something to get this defense to what it needs to be the offense will be a little out of its prime yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or right. Matt Ryan at least will be. Julio's not getting any younger either. I mean, Julio's about to have yeah. a Jerry Rice type career, man. He's about to be playing until he's forty. Hopefully, <laughs> I, I want to see that man. Yeah, he did. He, he did still extend. catching jump balls when when he's forty. They did extend him for like three years, I think, last year. So, yeah. Uh, what do you guys see from Todd Gurley? Touchdowns, uh, but not a lot of yards. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not expecting much from him. I, I was never very high on Todd Gurley. I think I kind of touched on this before, but um, I was like, so excited and, to have Daryl Henderson last year in fantasy because <laughs> I just knew Todd Gurley wouldn't be good. But then Daryl <laughs> Henderson wasn't good either. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Dirk Cutter doesn't uh, seem to use his running backs very well. Uh, that might also be because the running backs are not good. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Freeman was healthy. A little like, bit of salt. <laughs> a little bit Where of salt. Where does Devontae Freeman go? A little bit of salt. He's not. He's, he's on the streets right now. You could have yeah. him oh. if you paid him enough money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take him for my backyard uh, football team. Yes. Berkeley intramural. 
But yeah, I think Togarly definitely will make this team better. It's like he's they're still gonna improve with Togarly. Because yeah. they didn't really have that good of a run game for the past couple of years with Devontae Freeman being completely injury riddled. And they don't have anyone behind him really. They have what uh Brian Hill. Brian Brian Hill and uh what's the other guy's name? Uh starts with a Q. Oh Edo Smith, Edo Smith. Edo Smith and Quadri Olison. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> He's, it, it, I, I know this backfield too well. Yeah, like they've yeah. been, they've, all these backfield has been on the field because of Devontae's injuries. So, like, yeah. You know them all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think any step, any any kind of move is a good move in terms of running backs for them. So, I think he'll be all right. I think he'll, he'll help the pass catching. He's still got pass catching chops. So, yeah. And there isn't that much pressure on him to like produce as there yeah. was last year. So, yeah. I think he should be in good shape. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Any Anything else to add to the Falcons? Uh, I see them going third in the division. The I think we all do. Yep. Um, yep. All right, let's move on to the Saints then. Yes. Uh, all right. I mean, oh, the Saints. The Saints. What a, what a conundrum. The best regular season team of yeah. the last three years. They're such yeah. a good team. The talent is incredible. They have no holes. How are they no doing holes. this? No holes. Yeah, dude. Just looking. If you if you ever have like five minutes, five free minutes, just go look at the Saints roster, man. That that Saints roster is stacked from every single position. It's yeah, like, they have they have almost, solid almost top ten at every board. group. Top ten wide receiver, top ten running back, top ten quarterback, top ten offensive line, top ten defensive line, top ten linebacker, top ten cornerback. Like, and and their kicker Will Lutz also Will good. Lutz is a good answer, yeah. yeah, Will Lutz is like, good. More said is also good, I guess. Yeah, they're all good in this team. Oh my god, it's like it's like. It's like the top Cowboys. ten head coach. It's like the Cowboys on steroids. Fully realized Cowboys. Yeah. 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 But they still cannot succeed in the playoffs. Yeah. In the playoffs, thirteen yeah. and three back to back is pretty solid. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. In the playoffs is what they I got. Mean. They got hosed by the Rams call. Yeah. Which is, which is just un un un. You can't prepare for that. I don't know what you the can't. word. Is. Yeah. But yeah. um, I mean, last year Kirk Cousins walked into the dome, and just beat them. So there's that. Yeah, and he liked it. He liked it. <laughs> Indeed, he did. Um, I see. I see Drew Brees not being able to last as long as Brady, um, just because his arm has been looking pretty not spry recently. Whereas Brady, his arm—you never really see his arm falling off like Peyton's kind of did. I kind of see Drew Brees falling the more Peyton route, where his arm looks like a wounded duck, and then his defense starts carrying him. But this team is good enough for that to happen. Like it's it's talented yeah. up and down the board. And his his receiving options don't need him to be a good deep thrower anymore. Like yeah. he's not going to lose his accuracy, not at right? all. So and his his receivers are so lethal as long as they have an accurate quarterback. Like uh, Michael Thomas is a killer on the middle middle slants, right? Uh, Alvin yeah. Kamara insane out of the backfield. Yeah. And they just picked up Emmanuel Sanders this uh, yeah. this off season, which is a very he's a very good intermediate. Uh, Route runner, so and I think more importantly, it just takes attention away from Michael Thomas. Like yeah. this isn't the first time; it's the first time they've gotten any help for Michael Thomas on the other side. Yeah. to get a wide receiver two for him, and then and to have a competent wide receiver two, just a threat. So it's not just Alvin Kamara having to carry that role of wide receiver two is uh is huge. I think that's going to be one of the biggest underrated signings of the offseason. Yeah, yeah. I think those guys yeah, work I mean, well together as well because Emmanuel is like a deep. Uh, threat as well as Michael. He's Kinkai. not a deep threat. I mean, he's fast. I think he's fast. So, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, Drew Brees won't be throwing to him. That, that's yeah. the thing. Like, just, I, I think he can definitely do work uh, as a deep threat, but um, in this offense, I don't think that's his role. But it's just to like take a little pressure off of Michael Thomas so that he can still uh, he can excel more over the middle. But yeah, continue, Andy. I think you were saying something. Yeah. Um, so, so something I've noticed in like the the two postseason failures that they've had in the past two two years is um, good coaches know how to play against this this offense uh, consistently. Like I, I don't know why more teams don't do it. In fact, like just double Michael Thomas. Uh, Let Traquan Smith beat you, huh? Yeah, that was the formula I think for the past two years, and um, you saw there was. I think it was two years ago when they when they were at the height of their powers. I feel like with Michael Thomas and uh, they had Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. They, they went to. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a full moon coming out and it's like, <laughs> these guys are 
that's funny. Continue. My bad. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they so they went to AT and T Stadium. Uh, one one fateful Sunday night, and <laughs> they got absolutely demolished. Um, Jason Kerr did a wonderful job game game planning for the Saints. Like Michael Thomas was not doing anything that entire game. Uh, and then yeah, so so back to my point about the postseason. Uh, well, the Minneapolis miracle was <laughs> yeah was a bit unfortunate, but uh, like the Vi- uh, who who beat them last year? Was it the Vikings? The Vikings. Rams and then the Vikings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Vikings. Like they they game planned so well. Like we we talked about it. Mike Zimmer has a is a very defensive minded coach, and you saw that. Like he had a very very solid defensive plan. Yeah, actually, hold on. You no, know, one of the most interesting decisions on that on that entire game. They took their two really good pass rushers in Everson Griffin and I think uh, Daniel, Daniel Hunter, and they and instead of attacking the Saints' two All Pro tackles and Ryan Ramchek and uh, Teron Armstead, they moved them inside and they just attacked their weak spots at the guard. Which yeah, Larry Warford. The weak. They're still very good. They're all they're Pro Bowl players, but like they're not as All Pro as their tackles and just something like that. Getting interior pressure on a non-mobile quarterback like Drew Brees, who's also short. So we can't kind of throw over interior pressure. It's just a subtle thing. It attacks the one very few, or one of the very few weaknesses the Saints had. It's just a great coaching decision that goes overlooked. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah, I led the yeah. Saints to drafting a center in the first round this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, they drafted yeah. center again? Yeah, yeah, they drafted center again. Oh my god! They're gonna move him to guard though. They're gonna move him to guard because Larry Warford is moving on. He's been released by the team. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think his. Uh, I think they drafted. Uh, his name is Cesar Ruiz. Yeah, yeah, that's him. So, yeah, so um, hopefully he can he can help the offensive line a bit. But uh, so I, what I was trying to get at originally, so um, basically the the uh, the Saints didn't really have any other options besides Michael Thomas. I mean, I feel like as far as offense goes, at least against the game, the game versus the Vikings, like uh, I, I feel like. Um, What's the name? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill was having much more success than Drew Brees, and this guy's a gadget <laughs> quarterback. Yep. Um, so I, I think that the impact of Emmanuel Sanders cannot be overstated. It gives him another weapon. You can't just double Michael Thomas anymore, right? Yeah. Uh, he, now you have to you have to play him a lot more honest, play him one on one, and I, I think that's just going to open up a lot more things. You don't you won't necessarily see it in the regular season. Because Michael Thomas will just continue to dominate in the regular season, continue to dominate stupid coaches. Well, I think. I mean, yeah, yeah, but he'll still be very good. Yeah, also be. Very uh, good. But I, I think Emmanuel Sanders' impact will be felt most in the postseason when, uh, when teams get scrutinized a lot more, game plans uh, start to, you know, uh, start to be more specific, matchup, matchup dependent. Yeah. No. Yeah, I definitely realized that as you were saying that that in all the playoff games I've seen from the Saints in the past like two three years. I really don't remember much from Michael Thomas, yeah, whether they were playing exactly. the Eagles, the Vikings, even the Rams. I really don't remember Michael Thomas really doing much in any of those games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it doesn't show the regular season, but when you have great coaches going up against that great offense, they'll find those those weak spots. And you saw that in the past uh, past couple of years. That's, I feel like that's a big reason why the Saints are not very successful in the postseason. It's like it's like the opposite, right? In the in the NFL, you need you need a, a deep team with multiple threats. This team is as deep as it gets. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the receivers, though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Receiving, like very, like they have super top heavy in, in Thomas, and that's it. Uh, and then you think about like we were talking about in the NBA. If you, as long as you have your superstar, then you're good. You know, it feels like the opposite here. Yeah, it's like about having like an edge rusher. Same same idea. If you have just one edge rusher, you can send double teams. You can send a running back over a chip block. You need yeah. to have good talent all the way across. If you have only one shutdown corner, you just move your receiver, right? Yeah. But like you need talent across the board to be successful, which is why the Saints are always in contention for being good because they so do have talent across the board. Speaking of talent across the board, I feel like nobody has that more than Taysom Hill. I feel like we should talk about him a little bit because he does – everything for this team right when they need him to and i think that so one reason i'm a little apprehensive of we're going to shift over to fantasy for a second year apprehensive of camara and fantasy this year is because of Taysom hill because he just does just random stuff that is so weird and it's like so hard for teams to like predict uh i think he's a pretty big uh pretty big part of this offense 
Like, even though people they paid, him, they, paid him, they paid him some ridiculous amount. Yeah, I think it's twenty million over two. I years. Fully, I feel like he did oh, twenty million over two years. It's okay, a that's lot, a, it's a that's lot of pretty money. steep. Put, but yeah, like they, they've been trying. Oh my god, that's yeah, they've been trying to get him a lot more. He is a quarterback. Go ahead, go ahead, I think technically he's a quarterback, so I guess it doesn't the, matter. Do you think him add like are, are there contract restrictions? I guess there has to be some like minimum that they have to pay for his. Position. There's none. Chris Winston, who's a, another backup on this team, is making one million dollars. Right, that's how much Cam Newton's making is a million dollars. You know, for all his faults, he's a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill should not be paid as a quarterback. He's a he's a running back or okay. a yeah. running back that can throw. He's like a running back, a wide receiver, a quarterback. A, a yeah, he's everything. Teamer. He's every. He's a the full the full. So backup. you can either you know pay him or like until then you could get like the top paid tight end at the league in the league. This is a backup player that doesn't play every snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's way you too know. much money. Do you know that Taysom Hill is thirty years old? Yeah, oh, he's wow. thirty. Yeah. Oh wow. That's crazy. I, I thought he was younger because yeah, I, I never heard about the guy until like three years ago. So he came into the league three years anyway. ago. So ah, mm. okay, okay, yeah. I mean, anyway, yeah. uh, yeah. probably what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think they're trying to make him like a more bigger part of the offense, right? Because when they went to him, it's just like because, like you said, it's positionless. You don't know what he's there for. Uh, and so when they went to him last year, they had success. Uh, that's why around the goal line, you know, you have a bunch of trick plays and whatever. You don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to be a receiver, running back? Is he going to be the one throwing it? Uh, I think he'll be a bigger part of the offense, and I think it's going to make this offense way more unpredictable, uh, which I think could help them in the playoffs if we're going back to that playoffs point too. Yeah, I think the most unbelievable things I've seen watching the Saints is when Taysom Hill um, goes in shotgun and drops back and passes the ball. That's like the most insane stuff. <laughs> we were expecting him to run, and he throws it deep. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then when he, he like turns around on the next uh, drive and blocks the punt, <laughs> and, he, and he trucks, he trucks, yeah. he trucks some fools so bad. It's yeah. Yeah. And then the next week he comes back and 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 blocks a punt to help yeah. the Saints yeah, win exactly. the game. It's, it's I don't know. He's such a wild card. Do it all, dude. This is a gadget player. Gadget, but I mean, Sean Payton uses him so well. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty interesting. And I think um, a lot of some other teams have seen this and tried to like maybe replicated. So I think the Raiders did draft Lyndon Bowden in the third round this year. He's a similar player, quarterback in college, but he also played running back. He also played wide receiver. So I think other teams might try to copy that in the future because yeah. it definitely is something that's very useful and effective. Yeah, that's true. I had no idea who's going to pay that much, though. That's too much. It's, way, it's too much. Yeah. It's too yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, it's a gimmick, but when it works, it works well. So. I think yeah. it's interesting. I'd rather not pay ten million, ten point five million for a gimmick. Yeah, I just want to bring up one more thing. I, I, I'm fascinated by Jameis Winston leaving the Bucks. If he wanted to sit behind, you know, a generational talent and learn for one million dollars, why not stay in the same system and stay under Tom Brady? And as the Bucks side, who's behind Tom Brady right now? Why would you let such a big investment that you put in? First round, first overall pick in 2015. Why would you let that guy go? I just, I just don't understand. Who's their backup, Remith? Do you know? Wayne uh, Gabbert. <laughs> Come on, Actually, man. Gabbert. Come on. We like, back on it, dude. Like, like on both ends. James Winston wants to learn. Uh, he's going under James, uh, Drew Brees, which I think is a good idea to learn. But it's not like he could have stayed on the Bucks and learned there and been I comfortable. Feel like there might have been some other things. Um, behind the scenes that caused him to go to the Saints, maybe some personal stuff, maybe. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I can only comment on what I know, right? And like, as as a team, why would you? Why would you let your first overall pick go for one million dollars somewhere else? I mean, you. I mean, we were expecting him to go out the doors at some point because obviously he wasn't the answer at all. Like, if Jameis is your quarterback, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Well, so I mean, but the way to change that is to have him learn behind someone like Brady. And then, then you can reap the benefits. Right, right now, the Saints or some other team, like, he's probably not going to play for the Saints. I don't think so. He's gonna, some other team is going to reap the benefits. And that, that's no good. Right? Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I think Jameis might have just wanted to leave. Cause, like, yeah, that's the only plausible explanation. Because, like, like, in his point of view, his team literally gave up on him and just, you know, yeah, signed he, a 43-year-old. He made, he made the humble decision of taking $1 million to go play under Drew Brees. I mean, it's not like a million dollars is nothing, but... For NFL quarterbacks, he could be making, you know, 10, 10, 15 million playing for the Bears or some shit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Maybe he saw a bit more clearly after getting his LASIK eye oh, surgery. Good point, Andy. Good point. This is the kind of hard-hitting analysis people listen to our podcast for. <laughs> yep. Um, so, I mean, do you think the Saints can improve to like becoming Super Bowl champions anytime in Drew Brees' career? Not if they're in the NFC, which I don't think is... Uh, I think it's totally possible, dude. The Niners are winning every year. For the next <laughs> yes. Yeah, but like, like every year they're knocking on the door, and we're like, "Yeah, the Saints are definitely Super Bowl yeah. contenders." And every year they just—I I think they are Super Bowl contenders. It's just they can't put it. For, uh, uh, okay, I, I guess I see your point. They can't put it together. <laughs> well, I mean, well, this, yeah, like you said, like Emmanuel Sanders coming in could be a huge thing. I—I uh, I don't see why not. That's, I mean, I mean I yeah, just, they're in the top tier. I think with the Niners, the Seahawks, the yeah. the Saints, the Bucks. I mean, we, uh, we all had the Saints in our top four, right, teams in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. why not? Mm. I don't know. Either yeah. way. I, I just want to see, like, a Saints-Niners NFC uh, NFC championship. Me too. If it's anything, any, anything like that regular season, oh, man. Mm. Yes. That yes. was a good game. Yeah. No defense. Dude, like, imagine if Saints won that game. Like, the entire, like, Super Bowl, like, the entire playoffs would be completely different. Yeah. Okay. Actually... I think the, I mean, yeah, depending on the record and stuff. The Packers would be better for them too, then. The Packers might not have had the, first, the, the two seed either, so. Whatever. Yeah. Yep. Things are crazy. Yeah. Well, excellent division. I think it's going to be super fun to watch these teams play. And if the teams are not interesting, like the Panthers or the Falcons, at least they got interesting players to watch, like McCaffrey. Storylines, yeah. Some definitely yeah. interesting storylines. And watch. when they play the Saints and the Bucks, you can watch them too. Yeah. I mean, and, and always, it's always a good game, right? When you're yeah, playing so. within the division. So yeah. It's, yeah. They it's also have one of the best meme wars within the within the division that I've ever seen. The the beef between the Falcons and the Saints, at least oh, on the yeah. internet, is hilarious. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's great quality content. The only people who appreciate twenty eight to three, like Patriots fans, are Saints fans, and that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> I think this is the second rest division. I think, in my opinion, yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah. Panthers and Falcons and, are definitely a good and interesting team. division. I mean, even the Falcons are good. They're a good they're, team. The teams are like terrible. I think they're all solid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think especially this year. I think the Panthers will take a step from being... Oh, sorry. I said 2-14 and 14 for the Panthers, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Panthers suck, man. The Panthers suck. Yeah, I think every team here is good. Or yeah. good-ish, at yeah. worst. It's more than you can say for most divisions. All right. All right. Uh, that is going to do it for us. We will end this divisional breakdown with the NFC West, everybody's favorite division. Uh, so look forward yeah, to that. I'm all right on it, honestly. Yeah, so honestly, we don't, we don't need to do it. Like, yeah, we, we, we can just skip it. it. We can just skip it. <laughs> Up to you guys. Though. Hey, man, Niners is Super Bowl bound for the next 10 years anyway. Right? What? So, Who said that? Who said Not that? me. Said that. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, check the link in Spotify. You can uh, help us out. Uh, and other than that, we'll catch you all in the next episode. See ya! <laughs>